0: Welcome to the Power Play podcast, where international cricketer Kyron Powell and marketing genius Jordan Shannon join forces, bringing you captivating conversations with the biggest players in cricket and business. Join us as we dive into the lives of current stars in the cricketing world, the legends before them, and those extraordinary icons whose performances change the game in both cricket and business. Exploring journeys both on and off the pitch, the boardroom, and everything in between. Get ready for an exhilarating blend of cricket, life, and business insights. With two insatiably passionate, infuriatingly no-holds-barred hosts. Who, unfortunately for the rest of us, live and breathe this stuff for a living. Hello everybody,
1: and welcome to episode 8 of the Power Play podcast, as always, I'm joined by my co-host Kai. How are you, Kai?
2: Not bad, John. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very
1: much. Um, I think we'll start tonight by sort of going over the World Cup. Um, it was one hell of a final. Um, you know, throughout this podcast, we've discussed how um, impressive India have been, and at the end of the day, yeah, okay, they got beat in the final, but they can't. Re- we can't really take much away from how they performed throughout the previous games. But how did you see the final panning out, and what was your take on it?
2: um australia choosing to bowl first obviously in a final was a gutsy move but if if you really break down the game it was probably their best chance of winning because obviously india prefers to chase um any target they they like to see what it is in front of them and then you've got the master in kohli that yeah. has more centuries in a chase than people do for a career um so i mean once australia sort of restricted them to 240 I felt Australia were always going to win um because right. that, that brought them right back into the game and Australia as as a cricketing nation obviously the most successful cricketing nation um especially in world cups yeah they know how to win like they they sniff opportunities and they seize opportunities you know so um yeah we always knew going into the tournament that I mean Australia had an as as good as an outside chance of anyone else um going up in the tournament against the likes of India. Um, obviously, India couldn't pull it off at home, unfortunately for them. But yeah. there was a team that would definitely give them a run in home conditions, which Australia did end up doing and winning the tournament. It was always probably going to be the Aussies.
1: Do you think... You, you sort of touched on it then a little bit with you saying about them uh, Australia choosing to bowl... Uh, and in a final, you know, people like to put the score on the board and make them chase and you mentioned they're at India liking to do that. Do you think that's a real statement of intent from Pat Cummins, not only being a bowler himself and arguably, as we've discussed on this pod before, of, of Cummins' skill set, was it a real statement of intent to say, look, you know, we really back ourselves here with, with our front line attack and yes, we know the strength that you've got with your, with your batting lineup and the strength in depth that you've got, but this is our, you know, we're we're here not just to make the numbers up. This is a, This is our game.
2: Hundred percent, and I mean, huge part of India's makeup is chasing. Yeah. So if you take away um, which which is probably let's say seventy percent, something that they prefer to do. Yeah. Obviously, missing the likes of obviously Ahardik Pandya, Rishabh Pant. Um, when you think about his injury, he hasn't been mentioned for a while. You know. Uh, yeah guys of this nature that, you know, obviously add so much depth and quality to the Indian team as well. Yeah. Um, It was always going to be a tall ask for India if a Rohit or a Virat didn't make a century. So, you know, to to be able to to get those two guys out in particular um, was a huge advantage for Australia. And then restricting them, as I said, to 240 the best the best fifty over games you find are always when scores are sort of between that two forty yeah. to two eighty mark you know that's when you have ultimate contest between bat and ball because it gives it gives room for change so many different ways I mean the last World Cup final was two forty one plays two forty one here in England um, yeah
1: yeah
2: so I mean that's that's sort of the sweet spot where you get the best most competitive games yeah and again we we saw that um Travis Head played an amazing innings, you know, to go out in and walk up a final and just have that level of freedom and just go for it from ball one right the way through. Um, obviously, just getting out with two runs needed or something like that.
1: Yeah, it was um, a
2: shame but, then, but. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, hats off. Hats off to the Aussies for for doing it again a sixth time.
1: Yeah, I was so impressed, though. I know, it, rightly so, Travis Head will take all applaud it and undoubtedly deserves it, but I was so impressed with the way that Labashain played in that supporting role. It was so important because he allowed Charles Head to go and be that prominent dominant player that he is, you know, and he's now scored, he's had a, a great series um, in England over here. I he, think he, he's got Century in the World Test Championship, you know, so he's really sort of making his state for a uh, claim to be a, a top player across all the formats, which is a hell of a thing, but I thought that thought the way that Labashain... Batted was showed the importance, and we discussed it. I think in the preview that we did about Joe Root, about the way that that anchoring role has such an important role in fifty-over cricket, where he sort of, you know, not he, 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 he sort of rolled out that storm, Labashane, and then allowed Travis Test to go and do that. And I was so impressed with that batting performance.
2: I think that's definitely obviously Manus has got double centuries in Test cricket, etc., but that. I think he has to put that as his best knock in yeah. international cricket. I mean, when you think of what could have potentially unfoiled if Manus got out there and look, like, the Indians had at least one in open. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Australia aren't just playing against 11 anymore. They're not just playing against 100,000 in the stands. They're playing yeah, against yeah. 1.5 billion screams around the nation. I'm yeah. sure they had more people outside the stadium just wanting to be in the vicinity than that that were actually inside the stadium yeah um so to absorb that pressure ball after ball and to bring the match just continue to chip the match away from India um was amazing wherewithal from from Manas to understand the situation and understand what his partner was doing on the next end and and to just stick around just be be that support that that guidance that calm head on the other end that he needed and as you said Travis said he's making a name for himself in the big situations, isn't it? World Test Championship, man of the match, World Cup final, man of the match. I think he was man of the match in the semi-finals as well. Yeah, and yeah, I, think, I think if you look at him over the past two years, the volume of runs he's scored across formats, and again, credit to Australia, because he went into the tournament with a broken finger, and yeah, they yeah. had the option of selecting him or not selecting him, and they took him and said, look, if we're going to go deep into this tournament, we know that this is someone that will be of benefit to us. And again, credit to Australia, but credit to the man himself, because the first game he came back in after having a broken finger, scored a century straight away. And then when they needed him most, World Cup final, century again. Um, So I think he's someone that's absolutely flying in the right direction for Australia. And you look at his age and the age of the other guys around the team, potential future Australia captain, maybe. So yeah. Yeah.
1: No, definitely. I think just touching on the Marner situation, like he was, he said in an interview as well that he he wasn't even sure the night before whether he was even going to play in the final. And you think that he's gone from a twenty-four hour period to be sort of, you know, in the back of his mind thinking he might not make the cut to not only that play, like I said, playing one of arguably one of the most important innings he's played, is a real credit to him and the way that he's, you know. Stuck, stuck at, stuck at it, and ensured he's worked at his fifty over game as well as he had.
2: Yeah, and you look, you look at that Australian team. I mean, what a twelve months they've had! Yeah. Won the T Twenty World Cup, um, World Test Championship, won that, retained the Ashes, won yeah. fifty over World Cup, and it's it's not a huge pool of players. Obviously, there's more changes sort of from the Test format to. I guess the one day T20 format, but it's pretty much the same core of players across formats. Um, You'd think probably eight, nine guys that um, roll out for Australia. So for these guys to be fit and firing and playing so much cricket across formats and you look at it, like Pat Cummins, I don't think had played too much one day cricket between the last walk up to this one. Um, But to be able to get back in and adapt again to playing limited overs cricket, um, it's, it's amazing like yeah. how they're able to just switch formats and be competitive in any condition yeah. around the world.
1: Yeah, definitely. Or well, like you said, there it's the any condition which is impressive as well because you had know, the Test Championship. Yeah, that was in England. Obviously, they retained the Ashes in England. Then they've gone and done that in India's backyard. You've you've come across all these different types of conditions in. In environments as well, because you know playing playing in the the uh, Ashes here it's been five states you know it's been a, it's been atmospheres, it's been um, you know the England fans brought you know the the occasion and stuff, and India have, have done it here as well. So to show that resilience and that mental resilience throughout such a sustained period of of time, I, it's so impressive. And like I said, it is such a core a core group of players, which for me shows that you know this idea of being a test cricketer or this idea of being about a white ball cricketer, you know, yeah, okay, you can have that idea, but really and truthfully, there's not that much in it.
2: You can do... I mean, a, a good cricketer is a good cricketer. Yeah. It's it's as simple as you'll be able to adapt. So if you're a test cricketer, a defensive shot, you take that into a one-day um, game, that's a push down to long on. that's just extending your hands a bit more. In a T20 match, that's just extending your hands all the way through the balls. It's yes. just different progressions of the same shot that yeah. allows you to play the various formats of the game. Yeah. Um, same thing with a bowler. A, a solid-length ball in a test match is a good, hard-length cutter in a one or T20 match. Um, and then it's just understanding how you want to take the ball out of a batter's reach, yeah. um, as opposed to bringing a batter's technique into play more with the stringing ball um, in test match cricket, so i've I've never personally subscribed to white ball red ball players um whatever that's supposed to yeah. mean for the people that throw on these terms um a good cricketer is a good cricketer and you should sort of train players to be adaptable and come up come up um, against um any scenario possible because again for me the best t twenty batter that we've ever seen in my opinion is Chris Gale I mean he's got twenty something t twenty centuries and mm-hmm. I think that's because of his exploits and understanding of how to play test cricket because he knows when and where to take on different bowlers over yeah. the course of a 20-over game. I mean, it's it's not obviously the same length of a test match, but you still need to have that wherewithal of, okay, these are the conditions. Yeah. I can bite my time a bit longer here and force them to bring their, their not-so-strong bowlers at the end when I'm set. And yeah. then I can I can maximise that at the end, you know. So yeah, solid cricketers.
1: No, definitely, and I think you know from from Australia winning winning the World Cup and then now playing India in the T20s, uh, Maxwell has continued his his form, <laughs> which is so impressive. That tonight or today was just somewhere else again.
2: I mean, if ever there was someone striking form at the perfect time. In the perfect country before an IPL auction, <laughs> it, it, it can't be said anymore. I mean, Ben Maxwell has scored a double century in the World Cup. Yeah, he, he's also scored a hundred and seventy something in the World Cup. Yeah, he's won the World Cup. He's stayed on to play a T Twenty series and scored a hundred or forty something balls. Yeah, and it's literally like at this point i don't even think that they should buy him in the auction i think that they should just give him citizenship and try and convert him into <laughs> a in for, for the next tournament like um, mm-hmm. now he's absolutely flying and it's it's good to see um guys perform well consistently yeah. um, obviously now he seems to be fully much into into his own as a player and obviously the way that he plays that 360 type game yeah. that brings so much risk you know, obviously, people say so many different things when when he fails or when he doesn't come off, but now he sort of found a method that works for him. And again, this is someone that went through personal strife. I mean, he, he, yeah. broke his, he broke his leg. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he wasn't even sure to be a part of this World Cup. You know, it was a race against time. And then during the World Cup, seems to really love golf, fell off a golf cart again <laughs> <laughs> and got another concussion. Um, so, I mean... No, kudos to him for obviously yeah. continuing to to grow and like to be so explosive as a player.
1: Yeah, I think like you're in you're in that red hot form. He bet he probably feels that you know he's he's batting with um you know a, a beach ball at the minute sort of thing. It'd be that large. And it, it you've got to appreciate someone with his skill set, like I said, the 360 style of of batter. Um is it, you know it's brilliant, it's just brilliant to watch. Really is brilliant to watch. I just I just wanted to get your opinion a little bit, whether you think that, you know, he has that option to potentially go back and play Test cricket for Australia, because that's probably one thing that he probably has over him in the thought, you know, that maybe he didn't quite do it wearing the baggy green.
2: What do you think on that? It'd be interesting because it's, it's sort of a matter of where he... He slots in, isn't it? Because yeah. um the the top order is pretty much quite settled. I mean, one is retiring after this this um Pakistan series, but he's yeah. he's not yet coming in as an opener. Um so I mean Mitch Marsh has come in and pretty much taken that number six spot from Cam Green. Green as well. Yeah. And Travis Head is locked in at number four with Manus and Steve Smith settling in the middle. Yeah. So I mean it would sort of have to be a situation of I guess, an injury to, yeah. to Travis Header or Mitch Marsh and sort of provide him with an opportunity to to come back in. Um, so, claim, yeah. yeah, it's it's not a matter of probably, can he come back in? No, it's more so an opportunity. opportunity where, to come yeah. Yeah, Where would he slot in? Which yeah. I don't really see that pretty much happening because he's still got Cam Green on the bench as well.
0: Yeah, he,
2: uh, I think he scored a
1: double hundred today. I think it was. Is it? I think so. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. I said something. So, he's definitely knocking at the door as well. So, exactly, um, they'll be they'll be fired for this the Pakistan series, which will be which will be good to watch. Um, so I want to get your opinion on on something that's sort of been in the news a little bit, and obviously quite close to to, to you. And um, what did you make of the omission of uh, Darren Bravo out of the you know the West Indies one day squad? Really,
2: absolute nonsense one of the single most ridiculous things I've ever heard a chairman of selectors come on air and say, like, okay, let's, let's break this all the way down. You have not selected Darren Bravo because you said he's 34 years of age and you're planning for the next World Cup. If you're planning for the next World Cup, the first thing you need to do is qualify for the next World Cup. Yeah. So in order to qualify for the next World Cup, and whilst you have England coming to the Caribbean with an understrength team, you need to get as many wins and as many points as early as possible to try and seal automatic qualification, move up in the rankings. Therefore, you pick your best teams all the time. It doesn't matter if someone is 45. Once they're playing and they're performing, you pick your best team. It's as simple as that. You don't go away from that mantra. When you get to the World Cup, then you figure out the World Cup. You can't be trying to figure out what's going to happen in 2027, in 2023. Only Elon Musk, who's trying to explore Mars, can probably tell us, yeah. everyday normal humans, what's sort of happening in the future. And even he doesn't. He's not that. Um, you pick Keon Utley. In the team who is the same age as Bravo, they're both cannot yeah. at least 34 this year as so. well. Yeah. But you don't pick the man that makes the most runs. You select Shane Doric into the team, who's 32 years old, hasn't really played much one day cricket. Is he gonna be around for the next World Cup? He's th- he's gonna be 36 by then. Yeah. Are you going to tell me a Ross and Chase, for example, who's gonna be 35, um, Jason Holder, who I don't know what his situation is. Um, but these are you're trying to tell me that there's no one that's going to be sort of 35, 36 in the team or around the team at that time, because even the captain with that metric, she hopes going to be 34 by the time the next World Cup comes around. So are you saying that he's not going to be there as well? You can't mm-hmm. say because you've selected an Alec Athenez and a Casey Carty that you can't pick a Darren Bravo. You look at the last time the West Indies went to the World Cup in 2019, we hardly qualified then as well. It was because of um, some, I can't remember the exact scenario, in a Scotland match in a World Cup qualifier that allowed us to actually even get through to the World Cup then. And then we had to draw for the likes of uh, Chris Gale and a Marlon Samuels that were drafted back into the West Indies team yeah. after doing yeah. the same thing, saying that we're going to give chances to um, young players to come in and play. You still went back to senior players, even the likes of, I think, Karen Pollard and Dwayne Bravo. Or offered the opportunity to come back and play in that qualifier, but I don't think they went for whatever reason. But what, why does history have to keep repeating itself? And it's funny to me that, of all people, Desmond Haynes is the chairman of selectors when this is happening, because in his playing career, he was dropped for the same situation, the same scenario where they were saying, like, sort of um, age sort of thing, when he was yeah. still performing. So then if you had something like that happen to you as a player, surely you should want to write that wrong. And then I saw something where the president of the West Indies Cricket Board was attending the Queen's Park Cricket Club dinner, which is obviously Darren Brothers' home club in Trinidad, yeah. and sort of rebuffed or re- rebutted the, the notion that there's an age limit for selection, which they can't be. I mean, I'll take it even further. Last year, before the start of the four day tournament, I personally had a meeting with the Chairman of Selectors and the other selector asking them, why am I not being selected? because if you're not going to pick me, tell me no so that I can allow the Leeward Islands to pick a younger player and move on with their cricket. If age is a stipulation, they said, no, age is not a factor. Once you're performing, you will be selected. If you check the stats of the past two, 40 seasons in the Caribbean, I'm the leading run scorer over the past two seasons. Yep. Yet still, as Darren Bravo said, lack of communication. Um, you literally you just play, you don't hear anything from any selectors. You perform, you don't hear anything from any selectors. The key ingredient for um criteria, sorry, for selection should be performance. Age is not um anything to do with it, because if you're gonna International cricket is not an under-19 or under-30 tournament, you know. Yeah. It's whoever's playing and performing. You look at Australia, for example. They selected Usman Khawaja because he was performing in Shield cricket. Yeah. He got back into the team at like 34 or something, right? Yeah, yeah. 34, yeah. 35. And he's been flying ever Fantastic. since then. He scored, he scored pretty much half, if not equal, to the amount of runs that he had all the years of international cricket before that in the past two to three seasons century upon century upon century. In this Super 50 tournament as well, there was a player seminar put on by the West Indies Freedom Board where Andrew Fletcher again got up and asked the same question of the selection committee. Is age a determining factor for players playing in the West Indies team because players over 30 sort of feel as though it doesn't matter what you do, you won't be selected. He stood up and said, as long as you're playing, you become eligible. And as long as you perform, you meet the criteria to make the West Indies team. So how can you then consistently say that on one end of the spectrum, but then on the other end of the spectrum, come and say Darren Bravo's not going to be in your plans for 2027. You don't even know if you're going to qualify for 2027. Yeah. Pick your best players now. Pick the people that are performing across formats, but it seems as though there's 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 a vendetta against players that don't conform to I guess rule or command from from the hierarchy if If they tell you to jump, they want you to jump. You can't ask them how high, why, where, when, you know it doesn't make sense. so i mean i was I was personally told that I don't need cricket a few years back by by one of the West Indies coaches. I've got too much money, and so I need to um, leave an opportunity for someone else to come in and play, which, I mean, absolutely puzzles me because what I've been able to do, what me and Emma have been able to do as a couple in terms of setting ourselves up and investing into businesses and real estate, et cetera, outside of cricket has nothing to do with meeting the criteria for selection for the West Indies. You can't expect to watch a player's personal life and say, okay, by that metric, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo should not be eligible to play football, or LeBron James should not be eligible to play basketball. Like You want players to continue to improve themselves on and off the field. That's how you have better, more settled players representing you as a brand, which then in turn you turn around and monitor the brand and be able to continue to grow the brand. You're not going to have a 20-year-old go and be the CEO of Apple, are you? Because Mm -hmm. Apple is a trillion-dollar company. You need experienced people leading the line at um, at, at any organization. It's just like West Indies Cricket Board. You're not going to have a 20-year-old going to be the director of cricket or the president of the West Indies Cricket Board. They've got no experience in business or life. They have they have to be guided by senior players around them. So yes, pick young players, but you have to have senior people around them to guide them and take the team forward because without that, then you're literally putting all inexperienced people out there to come up against teams and then you sort of get situations where teams start sending second-string teams to play against you. They're not even sending their full-string squads. you can't get any commercial benefit. You can't get any actual physical benefit because you're not playing against full strength squads. So your players aren't getting better. Your brand is weakening, and it's yeah. it's just killing the entire system as a whole. It doesn't make any sense to
1: no. I, yeah, I, over while, I'll just take you know, I can hear your passion about how much it means to you in terms of the effect it's had. and how do you make how how how's it made you? Your situation, really. What's it made you think about your future now?
2: Well, you you don't know. As a player, you don't know. Well, I mean, you don't know where you stand. No. I don't know what the situation is with me. So, I mean, you, you look at a Darren Brother, for example. He stepped away from cricket. Yeah. You don't know if oh, nice. he's going to come back and play um, regional cricket. If he does, he's, he's going to be 35 in February. So, if you weren't selecting him at thirty four, why are you now going to go and select them at thirty yeah. five? Are you going to admit that you're wrong? Are they, are they in a position, mentally or mature enough to say, okay, no, we made a mistake. We will select you based on your performances. We will select the best players available to, available to us. That we don't know. Um. Again, there's there's lots of ill feeling. Amongst yeah. players in the Caribbean, lots of players don't want to talk up. They're scared that if they talk or if they say something, they'll be victimized. Um, you have Darren Bravo, who has obviously Dwayne Bravo as his older yeah. brother. So Dwayne Bravo is always going to speak on behalf of his brother. That's, you know, that's his flesh oh and blood. Oh absolutely. Loves his brother. And right is right at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if it's his brother or not, right is right how many players out there have a Dwayne Bravo to speak for them?
1: No, exactly. Look
2: at the Trinidad cricket board. They came out and spoke on behalf of their players. So that's what you want. You know, you want people to come out and speak for right, for for justice, not just things that suit them or benefit them. Like it should be consistent across the board. Everybody knows this is what is the criteria. And this is something that they need to release they need to release the criteria for being a member of the West Indies cricket team so that it's out in the open, every player knows, every stakeholder knows, every shareholder knows that this is what it takes to be a member of the West Indies cricket team. So then when people hit the metrics that are required for you to be selected into the West Indies team and you're not, you don't even have to go and declare an argument because the public knows, okay, this is what's happening. This this team is not being selected anymore based on performances. It's literally sorted onto the discretion of who is liked and who isn't liked.
1: So when when they had that meeting that you mentioned in the Super Fifty, and the question was asked about is age, you know, going to play a part. Did you truly believe that they were speaking the truth, or did do you, are you were you in the back of your mind thinking I probably heard this before here? You know, this is.
2: You know, I, I know it's nonsense because yeah. I mean, I've I've had years upon years where I've scored runs not being selected. I remember um, one particular instance I scored 500 plus runs in a super fifty, and then we went to see Emma's mom and dad for Christmas out in Sri Lanka, but. Sri Lanka's domestic fifty over tournament was on then as well, so I hopped straight out of the Caribbean straight into the Sri Lanka domestic competition, and averaged fifty plus out there as well. And the West Indies next tour was to Sri Lanka, so I just averaged fifteen or domestic fifty over competition, and fifty something out there as well. So I had obviously runs and yeah. the backing in the Caribbean and understanding of the conditions out there as well. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely nothing. Again, you had the situation when there were multiple players that pulled out of that Bangladesh tour um, where where Carl Mears went on to score that double century, that famous double century. Um, And I was the leading run scorer in that season, um, leading up to that team being selected. And you had pretty much the entire West Indies team um, 1st choice players. Um, pull out of that series and I didn't even get a call up to to go to that Bangladesh series so it's things like that that um, Darren Brothers referencing I mean you saw what he said there are three West Indies teams in operation right now and if you can't be selected for any of those three teams you're thinking about 6, 12, 18 batters that are on show let's say an extra three. Let's say you have one on the bench for each team. So that's twenty-one bat- batters. So you're you're trying to tell him that he's at least at the moment the twenty-second best batter in the Caribbean. Yeah. You know. So what what does performance bring you? It doesn't really. It doesn't really carry much weight or much value.
1: No, I just don't. I just don't get it. It's just, and again from an outside perspective, it's such a shame because you mentioned there England are, are coming. You've got an absolutely massive opportunity to get the best group of players you can possibly get to then challenge England. Not only challenging, but I think you've got a great opportunity to beat England because they have taken a, a weekend side over or a weekend squad over. You make a hell of a statement by beating England or you know putting in some top quality performances and guess what the media is positive again they're talking about West Indies in this positive light and you know it's great to see them back again instead it's the news is about Darren Bravo missing missing out it's negative again it's constant negativity and I think that the knock-on effect it has with groups of players like you can't put a price on experience you can't put a price on knowledge and being there and you know, you talk about, yeah, they, they've they've, they've uh, brought in a couple of youngsters, but they need people like yourself and Darren Bravo around. They, they need nurtured. They need to be taken, um, you know, they need to be taken under the wing. You spoke about when you came into, you know, you made your debut and people talking to you and, and advice and you're all ears. Well, they're going to have no ears because there's no one going to be talking about things. They haven't got the experience there. It's a shame.
2: And you, you look at the two young players that the chairman si- singled out as well. Yeah, He's put unnecessary pressure on them yeah, because yeah. now they're going into the series and the whole media, the whole microscope is on them. Whether they do good on, or bad, it's, yeah. well, you know, these guys got selected in in the absence of a Darren Bravo who has yeah. XYZ international record across um, formats. Whereas, I mean, I, I definitely think those two guys should have been selected yeah but you can't tell me because they were selected someone else wasn't selected you selected a squad of 14 15 players you've not selected a squad of two so it can't be either you or me yeah there were so many other um squad members that were selected um which i mean it doesn't make any sense at all and you look at for example a Hayden Walsh, who was yeah. the MVP of the tournament, runs wickets. We know what he uses as a fielder; probably the best field in the Tyron Barrett, Him, Fabian Allen, give or take whatever you want here or there, um, wasn't even selected in the squad. How how does that make sense? I bet I bet my bottom dollar. If Sunil Narayan was available, he'd be selected, and him and Hayden Walsh got the same amount of wickets. You wouldn't think twice this election, right? And Hayden Walsh scored 200 and something, top 10 run scorers, tied for most wickets.
1: wickets yeah.
2: Amazing fielder. So, I mean, how, how do players perform at that level and not be rewarded and then still have to find the motivation to continue to come and play cricket? West well, Indies cricket needs to understand that with the advent of cricket being taken seriously in America now with major league, et cetera. Players are getting paid on a weekend. What you get paid as a franchise player in a month to go and play America. So if players continue to perform and not be selected, you're going to slowly find that players start shifting out and moving, moving to America and playing because if on any given weekend you can make what you make in a month, it's more viable to do less work and make more money. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. In life, that gives you more opportunity to do other things and continue to increase your potential for earnings. Yeah. And so if 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 they if they don't sort of start fixing things quickly, it it, it could be sort of spelling disaster for West Indies cricket in many different ways, which I mean, would would break not only my heart, so many people's hearts, because I mean, West Indies cricket is a brand that's near and dear to any cricket loving person's heart. I mean, everyone sort of loves the way West Indies play as as a nation. Um, and personally, obviously West Indies cricket it's it's ingrained in me. Like it's a part of who I am. It's given me so many opportunities. Everything I have in life is sort of a spin-off of me having played cricket, you know. Um and so it's it's important that sort of they, they get it right administratively as well as you know just selecting the right teams.
1: And you can tell how how it is ingrained in you and you can tell how passionate you are about the West Indies and and how you how you are about the whole thing because like you mentioned, you've had these knockbacks. Twenty, you know, you've mentioned numerous times about you've had conversations and nothing's come of it and this and that, but to still have that fire in your belly and that sort of passion to play for the West Indies just goes to show how important it is to you. And that's a massive credit to yourself to remain so focused and motivated to achieve that because, you know, there's only so many times you can get hit with the hammer and then keep getting yourself up. And I think that's a real credit to you. And I hope that, like... That doesn't get, they don't get to a point where they miss the boat on players like yourself, because, like I mentioned before, from the experience aspect to it, the, you know, the players that they brought in, as you mentioned, right, you know, they should have been picked, like you said, but they're going to need that help and that guidance, and I mentioned that, but there's only a certain amount of times you can keep knocking people back, and till you go, you do you know what, you know, there is opportunity elsewhere, so I'm going to put my eggs into those, but into the baskets elsewhere to. To, you know to support my family and to and to support my future financially? Because at the end of the day, yeah, my passion is to play for the West Indies, but I've also got to make sure that I can support my family and and set up a, a life that I, you know I want. Really, I just hope that, it, that 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 it doesn't get to that point where they need these sort of players,
2: and it's just a bit too late. It's it's already happening, unfortunately. Um, so it's it's sort of to the point where they need to stop a mass exodus um, and sort of save save what we have, as opposed to having to start again from scratch and being forced to only have 19, 20-year-olds available to you because everyone else has yeah. sort of given up and moved away and, and gone to find different avenues, as you said, to yeah. sort of support their families and, and their lifestyles.
1: So how do you stop a mass exodus from happening, really?
2: Well, I think it's already happening. Um, players have to, at the end of the day, do what's best for them. Um, but just to let the right teams, just just let players see that they'll be rewarded for their performances. Um, mm-hmm. Set clear guidelines as to what the progressional steps are, whether you're at under 15, trying to get into an under-19 team, under-19, yeah. trying to get into an academy, academy into an A team, 18 into a senior team, so that everyone knows um, this is what I need to do. Because with the advent of T20 cricket, and then as I said, look, there's so many different opportunities, whether it be players going and playing league cricket in England, playing for clubs in America, going out to Australia, etc. There's so many different options available to guys now that players have to make decisions and it's, it's not going to be something where guys are going to sit around and wait and even hope to be playing for their domestic yeah, for teams anymore. You know, guys are going to make decisions quickly and move on because yeah. life life moves quickly and you can only play cricket for so much time before you have to go into other fields in life. And with something like cricket, it takes up, as I said, the best part of your youth where you're not getting in a, any other... Work experience. So it's not as if you can afford to sit and play cricket for 10, 15, 20 years and go into the workforce at 35, 40 with zero year work experience and command the same level of salary as someone that's been straight out of uni, straight into law school, um, straight out of law school, sorry, straight into being a lawyer and has been practicing for 10, 15 years and command the same salary. So Um, Guys guys have to make decisions, guys have to make decisions quickly and the only way to sort of stop or sort of give someone hope to continue to want to represent their region or the West Indies is is to know that performances will be rewarded.
1: I just think though the the knock-on effect, it'll have... Uh, to a couple of the members of the squad that you mentioned, so you mentioned about Roston and you mentioned about um, Shane uh, Dowrich and stuff. How, how, in the back of their mind, they must be thinking with the statement that Desmond Haynes has come out with, "Okay, I'm, I'm in this squad and I'm, I'm, you know, we're working towards a World Cup." But you're basically telling me that I'm not going to get to the World Cup. Yep. So you've then got players in that team that are basically doubting where, where you know, is their future now on a timescale that just doesn't match
2: how long do I have? How long do yeah. You know, the guys, guys must be sitting there thinking, or oh, just continue to ride the wave until the wave, wave crashes, isn't it? Cause how long do you have knowing that this is the mentality or this is the mindset of, of the um, man that's responsible that, that sort of has, has your future in his hands, you yeah. know, um, pretty much looking for someone Younger, just scouting for someone younger to fit the bill, and then you're pretty much gone, isn't it? So it's it's an uncomfortable place to sit in. Um, I guess people will say that means that it forces you to perform, um, which which is a good thing. Um, but um, everyone starts to have a different a different lifespan, if that makes sense. So the opportunities afforded to to one isn't the same opportunities afforded to all. Yeah. Um, and again, selection criteria. If you're meeting the criteria, it doesn't matter age or whatever the scenarios, once you're meeting the criteria, you should be selected. Yeah. Um, no nepotism, no no nonsense involved in it.
1: No. I just hope it doesn't I just I just don't I know it's this is again my, my only personal opinion. I just hope it doesn't have its negative effect to you know keep towards the west indies cricket like we I want and we spoke about it with the missing out in the world cup everybody wants positive things to come out of west indies cricket like it's it's something that's you know cricket is the caribbean that's what it is it, it, you know and we just i just want to see some more you know positive out, outcomes and let's start by you know beating england and challenging england and pushing england to you know, to really then start making that statement, rather than it constantly being negative things about selection or negative things about whatever it may be, um, let's just hope that it starts, you know, in a positive way, and hopefully the doors remains open for top players, regardless of age, and and that way then you can get that push to be in the World Cup where you want to be, because at the minute it's probably, I can imagine it's probably going to be a slightly unsettled camp you know I can't imagine there's much unity and harmony at the minute but that's like an outsider looking in I suppose It's it's funny
2: because I mean in a situation like this I'm guessing what would we'll be told to the players is to, to shut out the outside noise and, and let's just focus on us as a group um, let's just try and get better every day and push ourselves forward to try and see how we can perform in, in that series but I mean you don't even need a TV or to read a newspaper now to get the news. Um, everyone's on social media. Everyone has friends, family. So, I mean, it's pretty much impossible to sort of drown out the noise in, in this day and age, because information gets disseminated through so many voices these days that news is going to get to you regardless at some point. And yeah. what yeah. you may not have people talking about it collectively in one big group in small clusters here and there, you're gonna get sort of whispers here, whisper there, and then it, it sort of comes out as a big thing in the end. So I'm um, I'm hoping that um obviously the group can sort of stick together. Yeah. Um and get a series one against England because it's very important that we start this um this cycle towards the next World Cup with a positive win, especially as I said against a team like England that are on yeah. demand at the moment and every point is crucial going forward
1: yeah definitely I, I, like uh, yeah how do, you so, how do you see it what are your thoughts on the series and what, what you, what's your take on it
2: I'm not sure really because I'm I'm not too familiar with quite a few of the names that England have sent out um, yeah. I know England of late well historically the Caribbean has been a difficult place for England to come to um, yeah West Indies get up for an England series, um, and so that in itself will be a difficult task for England to to overcome, especially with the West Indian guys coming off of a lot of cricket, be, be it um, regional cricket, but a lot of the England guys would have been not having played much cricket of recent vintage. I mean, there are a few guys that came from the World Cup, but the other guys would have been. County season is finished yeah. for a long time. It's sort of winter, so yeah. I don't know if guys would have been on holidays or if they would have been training or doing any preseason do work. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nothing compared to. I mean, the Caribbean is extremely hot at the moment. When when we left, it was like thirty eight degrees. I think it's wow. cooled on. Um, and Caribbean pitches are unique in the challenges they present to other pitches around the world. I mean, I know, you know, guys. I've been scoring almost 400 runs at the World Cup gone, but there's no 400 happening in the Caribbean. What can, would you say tends are, to be a competitive score over there? In the Caribbean, if you can get 270 plus, you're always in the game. Right. Um, just for the nature of the pitches and the outfields and stuff, and it's just understanding what happens when. Yeah. As well. um, so, um, no, it's, it's going to be an interesting series um, and as I said, I'm fingers crossed that the West Indies can definitely pull something out from the series because it's important that we build up and don't have to go back to Zimbabwe in 2026 for 2027 World Call all of us.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I agree. I sort of want to ask you a question, if you don't mind. and It's it's obviously in relation to what we touched on about the whole selection stuff. How How is it... What sort of mindset are you in now, personally, from your international career perspective? How do you feel?
2: Um, I don't feel at the moment. (laughs) Right. It's the mindset I'm in at the moment. Um, As I said, I've had conversations with them personally. Yeah. Um, We've had group conversations um, in terms of a seminar. Um, I've had positive feedback from from Darren Sammy from since he's coming so that's been that's been good because I haven't had communication from within for for quite some time um, regardless of performances so that's been good um but I mean before the 40 cricket coming up next year I mean I sort of take everything one day at a time right now one game at a time you know I don't yeah have a, any any great hopes I mean if change comes about Amazing. If not, I'm not surprised because that's been what it's been for yeah. for some time now. But I mean, again, as Darren Bravo said, and as uh, as many others have continued to 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 state, um, Dwayne Bravo said it himself. Like it's hard for players to sort of get up and be motivated to go out and put in the hard yards, whether it's conditioning in the gym, um, practice sessions, yeah take that into games, perform, turn that into what the end goal should be in terms of big performances, et cetera. And then not be selected. As you said, get hit with a hammer, get up, dust yourself off, do it all over again, get hit with a bigger hammer. And every time you go back, you just keep getting hit with a bigger and bigger hammer. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, definitely my mindset in, in that super 50 gone was sort of, I, I was just, sort of looking to maximize bonus points and dot ball percentage points for the team because um obviously with the new rules and stuff being in play and obviously again as i said knowing that i've, I've scored over 500 in a super 50 tournament on multiple runs on, on multiple occasions yeah, so yeah. that got me no reward so if if i went and did it again what what was going to be the change? And the number 400, there was no change. So I, for the first time in a long time, I, I had fun playing cricket, just going out, being positive, being attacking, um, showing a side of me that I haven't shown from since I was 16 years old.
1: Yeah. And I think that, again, this is only my personal opinion from it. I think the effect of you playing cricket like that had a massive impact on the likes of Justine Greaves. The likes of Hayden Walsh, people who, who who you had a positive effect. So yeah, I understand what you're saying, and you know the reward for the selection didn't come, but also the impact that you've had from a positive perspective really did have an impact on the Leeward Islands as a side, and some individuals as well who performed. And I think it's a massive credit to you to do that, and I think that's I'm you know
2: proud of you for doing that. No, thanks, Jordan. I think um definitely that was some of the feedback that I received as well. Um, speaking to some of the players because it allowed them to sort of get yeah. into their game more. the sort of give them that much extra time to yeah play and not worry about um pressure being built up on them because of the stats we were getting. So that was good. And, um, well yeah. shot as a team. Um, but I mean we knew leaving leaving to the base of the franchise that our goal was. Yeah. To go and play the finals. Um and I mean if if we did do one thing, it's that we did go and actually play the finals. Um yeah. So hopefully we can we can sort of build on that into the four day season and then possibly next next super fifty sort of take it one step further. But no, it was yeah. a really good experience.
1: No, definitely. And it's just you know, those little small margins and stuff. But um thank you so much for tonight. Honestly, it's been extremely insightful um so much knowledge that you've brought and you know experiences that you've been a part of and things so i can't thank you enough and i hope you've all enjoyed tonight and um i hope you're all tuning in on youtube uh, spotify and on the apple podcast as well as other podcasts around so i hope you're all enjoying um and thank you very much
0: Thank you for joining us on the Power Play podcast, hosted by Kyron Powell and Jordan Shannon. We hope you enjoyed this immersive dive into the world of cricket and business, exploring the unique experiences and perspectives of players past and present, alongside those invaluable insights into intriguing business themes that transcend beyond the boundaries of sporting heroics. Be sure to set your reminders on your Alexa or Google Home device. Or we won't tell anyone if you still use those paper calendar things from a bygone era. Join us next time for more inspiring dialogue with scintillating minds on the Power Play podcast.